This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm lucky today to be joined by Jean Ahn. Jean is the Chief Strategy Officer at Nuvance. She's going to tell us about Nuvance, about how she looks at strategy, influences that, that, that it, she's had on strategy, and also some thoughts on how we can improve healthcare in America. Jean, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure, thank you. As Scott mentioned, I am the Chief Strategy Officer of Nuvance Health, uh, which is a relatively new health system that was formed by the coming together of Western Connecticut Health Network based in Danbury, Connecticut, and HealthQuest, which was based in uh, LaGrangeville, New York. And so uh, I have just passed my one-year anniversary that has been marked uh, just prior to my arrival uh, uh, by COVID-19. And so it's been quite the year of onboarding and uh, working through a very atypical first year here. So thank you very, very much. Because Nuvan's a relatively new system. I, I was familiar with the Danbury Health System and the Health System and did not realize that that was what Nuvance is now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, and how big a system is Nuvance today? So we are uh, roughly about 1,000 uh, beds across the entire network. Uh, we uh, range our geography is uh, covers a, a service area of about 1.5 million people, uh, encompassing both Hudson Valley on the New York side and Western Connecticut on the Connecticut side. So, you know, a fairly broad geography uh, encompasses uh, seven hospitals across that that entire domain. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. Sure. And take a moment and sort of how do you think about strategy? I'm always fascinated. Chief strategy officers, so many different influences on them from sort of the, the Michael Porters of the world to the Jim Collins of the world to other thinkers on strategy to people first view, visions of it. What influences you as you think about strategy and how do you look at strategy? You know, there are the basics, which I don't need to cover. I think most folks are familiar with, you know, the fundamentals of just having the available available data related to the market and the environment and competitors. But in terms of, you know, the influences in contemporary strategy, there are a number of different things that I think um, today's strategist has to think about. And primarily one of the key items in the last, you know, three to five years or so has been the emergence of these very uh, competitive disruptors that are really looking to disintermediate uh, hospitals and health systems. And so, you know, I joke around that uh, chief strategy officer these days are also in certain instances chief paranoia officers because we've got to think about how these competitive disruptors are really looking to, again, disintermediate, take as whatever margin or profit uh, not-for-profit health systems have taking that. And so how do we think like them? How do we think like uh, the competitors um, that are the Amazons and the Netflix of the world, right? There's a factor at play there that we need to think about in order not to be disintermediated. And so, again, uh, what do we do when you see, for example, Amazon and United Healthcare both recently in the last few months coming out and saying that, you know, they're, they're moving aggressively into virtual first primary care. So, you know, primary care is a step to other care. What does that mean for us as traditional health systems? So that's one element. Um, you know, several others are for, uh, things where we as healthcare, we are late to market in a lot of different things. Uh, one area being digital strategy. Uh, for many, many years, you know, I've been talking about the fact that if you don't exist online, you don't exist or you eventually won't exist. And I think COVID-19, if anything, during this year has proven that to be the case. 
you know, it's been a, a black swan event that occurred uh, where the worst case scenario happened and everybody very quickly had to come up with a digital plan B. And that meant virtual care, telemedicine, et cetera. Um, the, uh, the other piece about the strategist is that we, we are in a unique position. We have to be system stewards, right? One of the things that uh, one of my former CFO colleagues um, mentioned to me is that the CSO has a position that is valuable in that it can be one of the very few roles in an organization get, that can be truly objective because often uh, the person doesn't necessarily have a personal dog in the hunt, but rather, rather is in that position to really look out for the collective best interest of the organization. So it's a position of privilege, but also of pressure. Um, the, other, the other element I always keep in mind too is I think a successful strategist, over time you really have to develop very, very thick skin. Uh, you tend to be the messenger, right? The messenger that uh, people don't want to hear the message because oftentimes you're raising issues that uh, people don't want to hear because it's it's disrupting their status quo, it's disrupting stakeholder interests, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of a lot of different factors and influences here. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and take a moment and talk about this. In in the old days of healthcare strategy. So much was driven around the big things that drove profitability, such as orthopedics, oncology, imaging, neurosciences, CV programs, and so forth. It, and those remain very important economically to systems. Mm -hmm. But how how has that changed through the strategic vision with COVID-19 and so forth? How do you sort of stay after those things that have been very important economically to systems, but also adjust strategy? As you're talking about, you're talking about chief parenari officer. Is you know, is, once people get sticky with Amazon or they get sticky with Optum, do they still end up in your system? Do they end up get, get diverted elsewhere? So how do you go about looking at those kinds of issues? So you do need to think of it from two different lenses: um, from the lens of value and from the lens of fee for service. And so again, you know, if you happen to be leading academic medical centers of the world, you're going to go for top name clinicians, top name talent, uh, top equipment for X, Y, and Z. So just really cutting edge everything. But for the average health system in America, the, folks should really be thinking about the fact that you want to be high value. At the end of the day, if, if an employer or a patient or a payer is needing care for somebody or some population, they're going to want to go to a place that provides high quality at the most affordable cost. And so how are organizations thinking about that? So from a, whether you think about it from an orthopedic perspective or, you know, cancer, neurosciences, um, surgery, et cetera, how are we going to provide that high value care that folks are looking for? And so doing it in a way that's very efficient. You know, I was just reading an article about, I think it was the University of um, uh, Utah that really is thinking about their chief medical officers as chief value officers. So at every point in the clinical journey, how are you bringing value? Are you looking at quality and cost at every step along the way? And so that's the lens that I think health systems are going to need to move towards as they're providing care in terms of these specialty offerings. And, and, and take a moment and, and talk to us about we live in this broader society where the mm -hmm. U.S. healthcare system 
his greatness and in his challenges, in his greatness and in his inequities. We talk about coverage so much, but access is just as big a problem. Talk about for a moment, how do we go about improving health care in the United States? You know, there are a fundamental things that we've talked about for many, many years is just having the fortitude to actually execute on it as a country, right? We've talked about the fact that our payment models really uh, do not focus on keeping patients well. Uh, it's really still very much in large part about treating folks when they're primarily when they become sick. And so, you know, again, as a country, do we have uh, fortitude to really revamp the payment models, how we pay physicians? You know, right now, a lot, most of them are on RVU systems versus capitation. And so, do we need to take a close look at that? Um, similarly, you know, when we when we look at payers, payers uh, are becoming a part of the competitive disruptor phenomenon. Yet in the long run, if hospitals really still are mainstays where care does need to happen and you need to include them as part of the care continuum, how are the payers really working with health systems and providers in a way that's truly collaborative and helping to pay for those necessary services to keep patients well? So things like behavioral health, things like telemedicine, palliative care, advanced care planning, all the things that really, if you're going to really truly take care of patients, they have to be provided and somebody has to pay for that. And so are the payers willing to step forward to provide that type of infrastructure and work with the health systems in a way that helps rather than hurts them? So again, uh, a consideration there. The other thing that I would add to is, um, you know, again, we as a country haven't done uh, a great job in terms of things such as advanced care planning. We know that much of healthcare spend is spent at the end of life, and it's particularly wasteful if it's spent on care that patients, if you ask them in advance, they don't want, right? They don't want that latest, greatest care if it's, it comes at the extra weeks of their lives at the end. And so how do we do a better job of normalizing advanced care planning such that it's just part of our everyday life when starting as young adults? And then how do we make sure that it's easily uh, accessible and uh, shared in terms of wishes and preferences and goals for care? So, you know, th those are many of the elements that if we were going to do things differently, we would want to make sure that we're providing that type of care. Um, you know, Dr. Emmanuel Ezekiel recently, I think in the last year or two, um, mentioned he, he was talking about his father um, at the end of his life who really, if he could, you want to write a prescription for providing palliative care, yet the prescriptions that were available and easily accessible were for things like MRIs and the latest cancer treatment. And so we got to really reframe and reimagine uh, what type of care we're providing as a country. Thank you very, very much. And, and tell us a little bit, Jane, about your career and how you ended up being chief strategy officer and so forth. Just a little bit of background and, and further. Sure. I actually, you know, again, uh, pretty traditional in that um, coming out of Cornell University's uh, Sloan uh, MHA program, um, I, I took the uh, administrative fellowship at Yale New Haven Hospital. And so, you know, administrative fellowship, I think, um, uh, 
you, you could go there. It was actually a fantastic experience to be able to sit in on things such as the, the president's meetings and the uh, board meetings. And it gave you an opportunity to be a fly on the wall about what it is that health systems and organizations face and deal with um, through, through the course of uh, their, their, um, the year, for, so to speak. Um, and from there, was able to be the HIPAA officer at a large health system, which was fantastic experience. And just, I think, just given uh, ability to prove yourself uh, when an opening opened up in planning, um, I was able to to move into that role. And so that that's how my journey began. So so at Yale New Haven, really was able to spend about a decade there in the planning and business development. And just as it's just one of those items where you there are just many, many opportunities. You can see an organization and a health system in the country grow and just progressively um, moved into other roles at Bay State Health in Western Massachusetts. And then again, most recently here at um, New Vance Health. Fantastic. What a remarkable career. I wish you guys great success in the New Vance system. I'm glad to learn something about New Vance. It was the subsidiary organization, the organization that merged in, and always fascinating for me to see as people realign and grow and become stronger and so forth. So, Jean, just a pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you.